That's a French car starting. <laughs> That's, That's so good. good. <laughs> That's good. It's good you're recording this, I hope. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, oh, man. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. This week, everything about Seiko, or all about Seiko, or Seiko ish yeah, sure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i'm carl and this week i'm with kevin and dimitri hey go the whole team is here again in the a, week that was a long intro yeah it's still long next time kind of shorter it uh, i just i was listening to previous podcasts and Speak we don't less. talk about the subject for like 10 minutes sometimes so i'm trying to bring the subject right Se- away <laughs> it's seiko it's all about seiko 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 it, you have it, to say it three times it right to, to work to, took you long enough <laughs> oh god oh no <laughs> <laughs> go home. Okay. So, uh, oh, Kevin on. is canceled. There's uh, no more Kevin. And on this note, uh, this is the end of this episode. <laughs> so, um, I don't own any Seiko, so I'll let you go, guys, for the wrist check first. All right. Well, um, I'm wearing my um, my green sumo, the Hulk, I call it. <laughs> You're the only one saying But it's a, it's a Hulk uh, with the umlau at the, at the top, right? So, so I don't get sued for... <laughs> for <laughs> it's, who would sue you? Would it be Rolex or would it be... Ilk. Or would it be the, like the the guys who invented the Hulk? Both of them, if they're smart enough. Maybe they'll sue each other. Maybe they'll sue each <laughs> other, and then uh, nobody wins. <laughs> they can't sue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, I'm wearing my uh, green sumo. It's an awesome watch, and I bought a Strapco Jubilee. I've talked about this watch before. It's an excellent watch. I find it's a little bit too um, utilitarian for me. It's a little bit too big for yeah. my wrist. I I I I want to have a diver in my collection, and I really like the sixty-two mass uh, releases, and I think that they will fit much better because they're forty millimeter. The SPD one four nine. Yeah, the blue one specifically. Yeah, I like. That. I love that one. Um, it's impossible to get it nowadays, though. No, you, you can, can only get it secondhand. It's like two thousand dollars. I think you can get it two thousand bucks, which is a, a couple hundred bucks over MSRP. New. I think it's still. Well, I don't know where. I, I was looking for. Oh, it, look actually, on eBay. I, I got an offer from my um, a sumo. Oh, yeah. Did you accept it? <laughs> Not yet. It's okay. it's 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 it's, it's like it's playing uh, the long game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing hard to get. So we'll see. So are out. you gonna like send it without the bracelet? No, I'll send it with the bracelet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, look, I I can probably sell this bracelet for about a hundred bucks, but it just I don't necessarily want to go through the. Mm-hmm. The trouble, yeah, trouble. It's not worth. It's not. So, so it to give him for like two fifty. Yeah, I'll send it to you. No, <laughs> you, you have to no. buy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm still wearing it now. It's a beautiful watch. Honestly, it's just it's a little bit too big, I think, for my wrist. And I kind of want to have a diver that's a bit more elegant. Let's say mm-hmm. it's a bit more versatile. This is not super versatile. It's a, it's a, it's a chunky. It's a chunker. Chunker. But it's, it's chunker. an awesome, awesome, awesome watch. Yep. Yeah, Kevin, what are you wearing? I am wearing a 1984 Seiko 6309. So that is. Um, it's an interpretation of the what you would call the turtle. And this one is um, more vintage. I put it on a chevron strap from Crown and Buckle. It's a nice strap. Uh, yeah. And what I like about it, it's not, it's like an, is the the fabric like a NATO, but it doesn't go around to loop right. over. So it makes it, a, it's a single strap. Single oh, or strap single, NATO. Um, I think it's called a single uh, strap or single, whatever. Single strap NATO. You can look it up. I'm sure it'll come up like that. But it makes it a lot thinner on a, a larger watch. Yeah. All about Seiko. Yep. And yep, that's it. So all about Seiko. This week I'm wearing my CWC 
You would. You <laughs> would. G10. I don't own a Seiko anymore. You don't? Okay. I sold a flighty. You don't have any Seikos? No. Oh. No. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I Maybe if we have time at the end, I'd like to know if you have any on your short list at all. I'm just wondering. Maybe if I, I need to look. Um, I don't uh, shop for Seikos as much. Okay. Just one. Just one. Um, but so I don't have a Seiko, but I, I have a quick uh, announcement. Let's say. Whoa. Ooh. Sure I know you what you're thinking, guys. Yeah, you sure you want to do this live? You, you need to tell everyone this. No, everyone okay, knows. Though. Everyone knows. That's okay. Uh, no, um, I was going through some of our episode and I was reading some articles and there's always the, you know, three watch collection, four watch collection thing. So I decided to sell all my watches but three. Really? Yep. So as of this week, I'm going to announce everything on Chrome 24, but the three one I'm going to keep. So I'm going to try to do the three or four watch collection and have all of those watches have like a meaning, like either uh, like a movement style or a position. Yeah, but I already know what they are. You're going to keep the Ranger as your field watch. You're going to keep your uh, Tudor Pelagos as your diver and your Booker as your chronograph. So I'm keeping the Pelagos and the Booker. I'm not keeping the Ranger. You're keeping the okay. Lunar Pilot, eh? No. No, he already is a chrono. Yeah, my Booker is going to serve me as chrono and vintage. Yeah, but this it's never been to the moon. <laughs> Here you go, I mentioned it. Uh, so I'm keeping this one. Oh, you bought the Air King? Yeah, I got it last week. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. Why did you tell us? <laughs> I wanted to tell you right now. Oh so, my God. Jesus what, Christ. Yeah, man, I got the call last week. I went. That's why they called you? Yes. Fucking God. Oh, you, oh, oh. when you told us that you, they called you for a promotion, this yeah, wasn't it. No, I didn't. So uh, last time I told you I got you're a new watch, a trickster, you. Like, you went full like CIA on me and like look online and find exactly the watch I purchased with the broker without me telling you guys, right? So I wanted to But wait. it was very easy. I know, but I wanted to wait for uh, this so podcast happy. recording. I don't know why, but I'm so happy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to keep the Air King, the Pelagos, and the Brooker for now. I'm selling everything. Well, yeah, else. of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, that, yes, that yeah, makes perfect and, sense. And the Fort Watch down the road is going to probably be a Grand Seiko GMT. I would, I, I, yeah, that's great. God damn it. Now we got to change, now we got to change the name of the chat. We got to change the name of the chat now. It's like everyone is a Rolex. Oh, no, no, but Paolo either. Paolo, Paul, Paul. Paul, Paul. So, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a Rolex now. Yeah. I've been wearing it for the last week. Bro, Chacho. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So, um, man, the bracelet tapers so nicely. It's like you can have it 16 or something, right? And you got it right on time, eh? This one's about to uh, probably be discontinued, right? Yeah, and it was a second one they got in 12 months, too. They're not receiving a bunch oh, of Oh, that's them. it, huh? Right. So, one, one every six months for now, they're receiving. God damn. That's awesome. Yeah, it it is. that oyster case like my Milgoss? It's the same case as the Milgoss. Now it makes sense why you're not uh, keeping more than just the three watches in your collection. Yeah, I need to justify <laughs> that one. <laughs> so yeah, I pulled a lot of money into like uh, I had in stocks to buy that right away. Yeah. So now I'm just going to sell a bunch of watches to put back into um, stocks and stuff like this that. This is great. I love that the, the crown on this Rolex is... Um, not the crown, sorry. The crown logo is yellow on the dial. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sediment. And I love the green. It's beautiful. I think it's excellent. Oh man, it's so nice. It's so <laughs> nice, huh? <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. I'm really happy to you. It and was it's so, very, very versatile. It huh? was so hard for me not to tell you guys. Like, uh, and oh, for all, sure. All the occasion, I was like, oh man. That's perfect watch, huh? Yeah. 100 but, meters uh, water resistance, right? You can just do everything yeah, with that yeah, watch. It's, a, it's, a, it's everything. It's, it's considered everything. one of the sport watch uh, for them. So Sports it's 100 watch. meters. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a uh, oh, perfect size. 40 millimeters. Yeah. Just like my Milgoss. A lot of fives, eh? Yeah. It's only that. It's all the fives. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fives, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love this watch. I think that was great. I I almost got this one before the Milgoss. Mm -hmm. I love the bracelet because it tapers so nicely. It's like 16 almost. Rolex does it perfectly. eh? They're just perfect. Let's save it for the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) They do everything perfectly. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
So yeah, there's but, not a lot they do that's that that's that's yeah that so for that mrs the mark will say you must sing uh, uh for the next episode uh next week guys we'll uh, we'll talk about rolex only yeah we're the, this do, week is only seiko we, we were we were this deep in the podcast we're like how can we not do everything about seiko and everything about rolex yeah fair. so um uh, that's why i'm not wearing a that's a seiko good announcement today. good for you <laughs> we were good for you we're in good health really <laughs> wonderful wonderful and I guess you need to post that, some pictures. You have your camera. You got to take some pictures of that for the... Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, funny enough, because the last at the time of recording, the last picture on our Instagram is one of my favorite pictures. is my old collection. It's all my watches. Yeah, I saw that. And, I don't uh, know when you took that. And on that picture, I'm only going to keep it, keeping one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, can, the other one going you, can, you can't go wrong with that. As a sports watch, you got your tutor. Yeah. So Pelagos, Air King, as the a Bricker, and I'm... For now, I'm looking for later down the road, uh, Grand Seiko uh, GMT to uh, finish a four watch collection. The, the Grand Seiko GMT that I still love, I still still love, is the SBGM two two one. It's not even that expensive. Mm-hmm. I think it's like four thousand US dollars, but it's not a their spring drive, and I really want a spring drive, and I, yeah. I really wish they made a spring drive. So uh, yeah, that was my wrist check of this week. Jesus, that's wonderful! Congratulations. So to now, let's nothing uh, can top this, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. This is, this I won. <laughs> So this week's episode, we want to talk about Seiko, um, all about Seiko, and uh, we're going to break it up to three parts. I think Dimitri is going to talk to us a little bit about the history of Seiko in itself. I'm going to give you guys a quick buying guide. I think Carl's going to taper us off, bringing us up now to Grand Seiko. On why Grand Seiko is so great. Yeah. So, um, but there's also been some news around Seiko in itself, right? So uh, let's do the news. So um, a lot of releases that have came out. So we're going to just jump around a little bit in terms of the releases. We'll start off with a new Grand Seiko that came out. The SLG005 White Birch. First looking at this, the first thing that's going to jump out at you is that dial, that texture that comes out that is considered the White Birch. It really makes you think a little bit about the, the Snowflake. The difference with this one is you're talking about high beat movement, which is their level above the spring drive. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a costly watch at about $9,100. So uh, the white birch texture dial, 40 millimeter diameter. So that's a really nice size. A little bit smaller than the snowflake, which is at 41 millimeters, 11.7 millimeters thick, sapphire crystal, exposed case back, that caliber 9SA5, which is that um, 36,000 vibrations an hour. And I think what the most impressive piece about this is that even at that high beat, you're looking at 80 hours yeah. of power reserve, yeah, which is crazy. And that's why it costs uh, $9,000. USD. USD. So that is... You don't see that a lot. That is... So let's... Be, what's 9,000 USD? It's to 11 grand, maybe? Close to that? Yeah. yeah a bit so more than that. 12, that's, almost uh, 12. Almost 12. That's uh, more expensive than my Milgos. More expensive so, than my Discuss. It's beautiful. Uh, I love the design. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Snowflake. And it's nice that it's differentiated by having a different, completely different movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, movement itself is fantastic. The 36,000 uh, BPH, mm-hmm. right, with 80 hours of power reserve is something that I don't think I've ever seen before. But this one's interesting. It has twin barrels regulated beyond chronometer standards. You're looking at direct impulse escapement, which is their new technology, like the coaxial escapement that Omega has. It's like their coaxial escapement. It's the same kind of technology that goes in there. Don't point at me when you say Omega. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a lot. It's a lot of that price. I think of watches that are like it. You're looking at an Aquaterra by Omega, and it's still $2,500 more than a fucking Rolex Datejust. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like... uh, Already expensive. 
but it's like it's expensive. perfect watch to me. It's, it's a perfect just, watch. The, the the only problem with Grand Seiko is that at, the, at that price, it, it will lose value probably as soon as you purchase it. They all lose value. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that too that's, later on. That's a bit unfortunate. Um, um, but it's a beautiful watch and it's you probably can't, like it's a fantastic value for the, is it just for the, the, for the price. Is it just the pictures, at least for me, like the case finish and the bracelet is not the same. The case is matte and the bracelet is kind of shiny. Could be, but I think that with Grand Seiko... You need to see them in person. Every I, I know, I know. Every time I go to the store, I'm like, oh my God. You need to see them in the watch. Oh, Jesus. You need to watch them. <laughs> watch them in the watch. Oh, man. Okay, next news. <laughs> next news. They also came out, Seiko, this week with, um, we're going to go now away from Grand Seiko and jump into their modern reinterpretations. Um, there are four of them. You have the SSH-093, the SPB-213, the SPB-223, and the SRPG-47. So the you have a Seiko Astron. You have a 62 Maz version diver. You have one of the new Seiko Presage GMTs and the, new, and the Seiko SK-5, you call that? The new SK-5? SK5 yeah, at the end. Like a Seiko 5? Uh, Seiko 5. It's yeah. a Seiko 5, but there's this like blue and white colorway to um, to celebrate um, uh, a specific anniversary. So here you get a little bit of everything. I am, uh, to me, I'm looking at them. I'm not the biggest fan of the colorway. I just, I think it's bold of them. I, I don't see a lot of sports watches with white dials so much, but I think that uh, for some of them it's nice. Like I really like that, um, the 62 Maz, but for the rest of them, not a fan. I, um, I, I kind of, I will add to your comment because I, I I actually don't even like the sixty two mass. No, huh? what I don't I, I it's bold of them to, to to create wide dials and you know it's not something that you see common, but I just don't see those colors working for me at least they don't work. I don't like that the applied markings are almost the same color as the dial. Yeah, they're not contrasting enough to me. If they were black, that would have been I think different or maybe some darker shade. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other styles, I just don't like the. They're busy. I don't like the yeah. other styles. Like they're they're worthy, uh, worthy watches for sure. But if you had to pick one of the bunch, if I had to pick just the one, I'll probably take the sixty two mass. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but the but, other ones I like. But we're fans less. of Dima and I are fans, and you too. But we're fans of diver watches in general. But we're not fans uh, of the, of the bunches. Yeah. I think it's the cleanest one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No chapter rings. But so it's also one of yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's one of the more more expensive ones for a diver there, but uh, yeah, yeah, that one is twelve hundred fifty euros. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. What's the same price as the, but, uh, the, the other? Would you if you because now 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 you have basically three. Sorry, this is the fourth sixty-two mass version, right? Yeah, you have the three original ones. Well, there's four original ones. This would be I the would fifth. Four? Okay. Yeah. So I would still place this one as the fifth in order, right? Yeah. Like I would I, I would prefer any single other one. Every other one yeah. before, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And the blue one to me tops the. The blue one, yeah. Yeah, the blue one. I, I even like, uh, the blue one's great because I think the yellow second hand is great, but oh, yeah. that original, the SPB 143 with the the gray dial and the black bezel is also stunning. Apparently, stunning. the the rubber strap that comes with it is excellent quality. Oh, yeah. It works sure. super well, yeah. Next. Seiko Presage Sharp Edge Series GMT. So now we're going back to that white one that we just saw, but now Seiko has come out with a Presage line. Um, you're looking at um, a, t a black textured dial at four. So let's start. Fourteen hundred dollars. You're getting a GMT. You have a power reserve, and you also have a calendar, which is very weird in this watch. I find because of the fact that 
the calendar date is a sub register and it looks like it's like a chronograph or a timer register. It doesn't look like a date register, does it? No, not at all. And to me, that's the only thing that jumps out at me at that watch where I was a little bit like, I don't know if it's something that... uh, Yeah, it's it's weird. It's registered to go to 31. It's, you know, so it's the date. It's the date, and it looks like a timer, so it looks a little mal placé, a little bad, uh, poorly placed. Yeah. And to me, I don't like all the writing. I wish they had just put GMT under the word Seiko and left it at that. But this watch to me is incredible. They took the Sharp Edge series. They've added a GMT, and if you look at the the ones that you love from Grand Seiko, the um, the GMT, uh, the SBGJ two thirty nine two thirty nine. I mean, you're talking about a watch here that's less than two thousand Canadian dollars, and. Uh, you know, and, there's, and I've held their Sharp Edge series without the GMT and all. Great watch. I have never seen them in person. They're great. Um, I got to see them in person because I'm kind of, I'm undecided if I like it or not. I'm not super sold on the chiseled, like a Sharp the Edge text, look. The, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, 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 before I say whatever I like them or not, I kind of need to see them in person. I think that that will make a difference. I think you'll like it only because of your comments that you've made about the Sarb and the Alpinist when you like, it's a little bulky, the case, right? Because these have sharp edges. They sit very well on the wrist. Anyway, I think it's worth trying yeah, it on. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, I think it's an excellent offering. I think it's it's wonderful. For, and, and, and I was even saying a, a GMT's below... Six grand, then the Pepsi Light. It's fourteen hundred dollars, eh, for, yeah. for the GMT. It's uh, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, it's like two. Can grand. you think of a GMT for a similar price that it's a GMT? No, maybe like price. a Mido, but it is Ocean Star. To that. But Mido Ocean Star, that was a great. Yeah, but it's a Hamilton. It's a Swatch Group uh, brand, like uh, you know what I mean. So it's like yeah. it's it's nice. I love the Mido Ocean Star. Don't get me wrong, uh, absolutely. But GMTs, not like um, not like this. No. Okay. Next, Seiko's comeback, 1959. Excuse me. With the new Seiko Alpinist. So we'll take these into two groups. They made one that was faithful to the 1955, 59 one, sorry. You're looking, we'll call it the, the like Seiko Laurel Alpinist. Yeah, this one is, is more expensive. So this one, you're looking at multiple thousands of dollars for this specific um, one. Uh, it's a 6L35. It comes on this bun strap. I don't like the bun strap. Right away, I'm going to say it. Um, it. Like in general or this one? This one, because the case is only 38 millimeters. And to Would me, a boot strap warrants, I find, a large watch. A, a pilot to can strap it through your leg? Kind of, but this is like... So this is 3,000 euros, right? You know, uh, the new King Seiko came out. And the last thing, I don't know if you guys watch Zelda. The markers at no. the 12 looks like the... Tri- what is it? Triforce. The, the Triforce, to me, looks like... I, when you say watch, you mean, it meant play. This looks the Triforce Oh, I've, Zelda. I've never watched Zelda, so I... Oh, okay. You don't watch play, play Zelda. Uh, Okay, exactly. Whatever. I exactly. used to watch Zelda because it was like the Mario Brothers show, which was incredibly racist thinking about it now watching it. Oh, it is super racist. No, but you should watch the show. It was funny. Oh, there, oh yeah, there was a, a movie, live right? person show. Yeah, there was a movie as well. Yeah. It was very racist. And then there was a Zelda oh, was uh, a cartoon? cartoon at the end. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, this, These were simpler times. Simpler times. So this Seiko was there, but then they've also come out with a set of modern reinterpretations. Real quickly, the reference, SPB241J1, SPB243, SPB245. Uh, you're looking at. Uh, I hope people at home are like taking notes while you're saying all those things. You could rewind. The you rewind. <laughs> These are a little bit more. Um, I like them. I think that they're great all around watches for what they can bring you. 200 meters of water resistance, very sharp uh, angles on the dial. Um, I just don't like the Prospects logo with automatic written like in hand cursive with the X logo right on top of it. Not my big. I'm not the biggest fan. But you're looking at a great watch under a thousand bucks to them so 770 euros for these three cool what are your guys' thoughts 
I don't like boons in general. No, but did you see the modern reinterpretations on the steel strap and the? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a nice. I would call it an homage, I guess, to the original, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm just not a f- big fan of the design in general. Yeah. And considering the higher price, I it's hard for me to justify it in my head. At seven hundred and seventy bucks, yeah. It's nice. It's nice though. Good job for Seiko. Next ones, we'll go real quickly. We got the Grand Seiko, the Heritage, the little Heritage High Beat. So you're looking at two GMTs. Oh, they're four GMTs. I'm sorry. There's two of them that are high beat and two of them that are spring drive. So there's that GMT that I was looking for. I'm just not too sure about the dial. I don't like that this, the, the GMT hand is, is that yellow, but I need to see these in person. This is a part of their elegance collection. Uh, they're very, very beautiful, I find. I really wish that they had made that white birch dial in the spring drive as opposed to the... Uh, to the um, to just having a black and white for the spring drive, I wish they had made the white birch dial in the, the spring drive here. And this forest green is beautiful. Yeah, but this is part of their 140th year collection. So uh, yeah, I really like the green one. The green one, the SBGJ251. Uh, this is just a, a beautiful forest green, and I think <clears throat> they do it so well because they're they call it the dial of Shunban which is based on, a, I think it's a specific forest out in, uh, in, in, um, in uh, Japan. Yep. But, but here you're looking at a, a 36,000 uh, beat, high beat movement for a GMT. Yeah, it's really nice. I do like the green. That's a, like a GMT that I would kind of want now that I'm only going to have four watches. And you, you want to, yeah. But look, like just to give you an idea, these mechanical, like these high beats are at 7,100 bucks. And the uh, the spring drives, which have an incredible texture dial, are at six thousand US. Seiko are masters of uh, dials. Y- you know, yeah, yeah Motek will talk about that later when you get to Grand Seiko. I have, I have my opinion on them. Now let's get into really quickly. Yes, they came back back with the sixty one oh five, a reinterpretation of one of their divers. Uh, there's a re- recent modern diver, the sixty one oh five dash eight one X. This is another creation of the very successful last year, Captain Willard. What uh, they came out with a new version of it. Uh, what's great about this one? This is based on this. Tra- this um, what's his name? This explorer named uh, Yum. Uh, Yum uh, sorry, uh, Yumera. Yumura to pronounce it. He was an explorer from Japan. He was the first. He did a number of expeditions. He ended up making his way to the North Pole. Multiple treks. He's did he uh, make his famous. way back. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> Apparently did, yeah. He's a hero. Um so anyway, this was um they came up with another couple of versions of that. It's called the, Na- the Na- Naomi Yumera 80th anniversary limited edition, 44 millimeters. Uh it's just like the Willard, you know, and uh 200 meter water resistance. And you're yeah. looking at uh an 8L35. So you're looking at a movement that's right at the Grand Seiko level. Do you own a Willard? Nope, I don't. No, but for this sure is does. but this is the same of a Willard almost. The, t- the turtle is like the Willard. And that's why I'm trying it on. Because okay. I, I've never owned a Willard or a turtle yeah. case. Yeah. Just this wanted to is, see the same as the turtle, turtle like the Willard. It just has a little bit more of a pronunciation, but it's the same size. And I think the Willard, by the way, just so you know, is a 42 now. I love the strap. Because they wanted it. Yeah, the strap's great. They wanted it to be more compact on the wrist. Yeah, I, I, I'm I super sold on those watches. I love the colors. The yeah. blue is fantastic. And there's uh, the nice textures on the on the dials that they have. 
And last but not least, guys, let's talk about this great new Grand Seiko that came out. There is a Spring Drive, well, we'll call it the Grand Seiko Sports Collection, Spring Drive Chronograph GMT, 140th Anniversary Limited Edition. This uh, watch is uh, has some gold on it. Makes you think of the Tudor Black Blade gold, uh, gold Chrono. Uh, this watch is uh, $18,600, limited to 500 pieces. USD. Because those pushers are probably solid gold. They are. Yeah, yeah they, are. they are. Okay, so for people at home, those pushers look like um, a shotgun shell, like a full bullet on the side of the... Yeah. Uh, Casings, right? Yeah, it's, that's, it's huge. <laughs> so let's give it the reference, SBGC240. So that is a... Uh, I like it, but at uh, if I want a gold two-tone chronograph, I would get the Tudor Black Bay Chrono Gold. At like $23,000 Canadian? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> no, you, you get a Vacheron at that price, you know. I like to look at it, but I don't like it for the $18,000 US. Yeah. And also, I'm not a fan of gold, the gold pushers yeah. and the crown. It's a great watch. Excellent watch, yeah. but again, for you. it costs the money. Right? Like you, you don't push those; you have to stump on them. Like to, but remember, <laughs> <so big. laughs> these are um, like a hydraulic press. <laughs> Five hundred examples. It'll get sold out to some some guy who wants it in his collection. Right? It's not his first yeah. watch. No, that's for sure. Not yeah. the second one either, probably. Exactly. And probably uh, like you, like two fifty, two sixty. Two sixty? Is it two sixty-five? Yeah. Something like that. Sixty-seven yeah. at this point. Well, a couple weeks ago it was two sixty-five. I think it should be at like two eighty by now. That was the news. Great. So now we jump into All About Seiko. Yeah, All About question. Seiko. Quick question. How many new watches does Seiko launch on a year? Like version of those watches. It's a lot, right? So I'd ask a question of, okay, so here's the thing. Oh, Grand Seiko or Seiko? Well, Seiko in general. Seiko, I don't know. I feel I like every numbers. two weeks there's a new Seiko out. Yeah, but you have to think it's of almost the, as much as the Speedmaster limited editions. They have, they have the... Uh, <laughs> They have the uh, domestic market and they have the uh, the JDM market, right? And then they have yeah, the... Yeah, but we, we live in a world, the world that, that, that don't apply. Really it doesn't apply anymore. No. So <laughs> you, go, you go to shop anyone online, if you're looking, I want one of those Japanese versions, go to shopping in Japan, Nomon. Different offerings. Seiya. That's why I bought Seiya my Japan, sumo. yeah. Shopping Seiya in Japan, excellent. Seiya. And um, yeah, Seiya in Japan, Seiya. I've, I've dealt with them once when I bought my sumo. Customer service is impeccable. Yeah. It was like... Almost like they're Japanese. Literally, literally the <laughs> next day. <laughs> it's almost like we're Japanese. <laughs> literally, the, the watch was shipped the next day and I got it. Like I, I bought it on like a Tuesday in, in from Japan and I had it by Thursday. That was Seiya Japan? Seiya Japan. I bought from shopping in Japan, same great experience, and also Nomon. So I've had... Their, it's a, but Nomon's yeah. not there. Nomon's, Nomon's in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, yeah, but they get... Jinx. They, they have the J versions of everything. You owe me $12 million. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. You owe me your kidney. Those are the rules. <laughs> but but it's, it's um, I, I will say this, every every watch that I get that's a J version versus the K that's in Malaysia, it is, they're, they're, they're better. They're just, the finish is better. There's just, I don't know. They keep the good ones for themselves. Ah, man. <laughs> and you'll see videos where like, no, no, it's not this. It's different. And then when you hold them, I've had both, the, the, like the SKXs, and you can see that the color's a little bit different. <laughs> well, and then you went, yeah, you threw it on the ground and you left with the other one. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's start with Seiko's, eh? Yep. Um, I'll start and I'll talk about the history of Seiko first. Try to summarize this. I will, I will summarize <laughs> Sum- it. I will kimono. No, no, no. He was so happy about that joke that he was telling me about I it I this go, morning. I have, a pun. I have a pun I wanted to use. We're like moving his fridge and he was telling me that joke. <laughs> summarize it. <laughs> All right. He's the worst. Ah. Yeah, he is. Okay, I'll, I'll pretend there's not, none of this happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Seiko's history starts in 1881 when Kintaro Hattori 
who was 21 years old at the time, he opens a watch and clock uh, retail and repair store and calls it Kei Hattori. He was gradually building his credibility, earning the trust of uh, different trading companies, and his business was expanding such that in 11 years, uh, in 1892, building on the success of the retail business, uh, they established the company called, the brand name called, say, Kosha, and started manufacturing wall clocks. The word, say, Kosha itself roughly translates as the house of exquisite workmanship. Mm. Three years later, in 1895, Hattori Company manufactures their first pocket watch uh, called the, the Timekeeper. That pocket watch business was not immediately profitable and actually ran at a loss for 15 years. You you imagine how old this is? Like people don't even realize just like, he's talking about 18, what now? 18, 1895. 1895, right? okay. <laughs> 21 year old guy in 1881 opened the store. By 95, he had a very successful so, business. So the car was not invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was God quite early. I wonder what he's doing these days. In 1913, anticipating that you know there's going to be a brand new uh, market for wristwatches and shift from pocket watches and clocks the company starts to manufacture their first watch they call it Ro- laurel oh. and now there's a company right there's a seiko subsidiary called laurel yes i would say they still use that uh, brand name the new seiko name. alpinist is the seiko alpinist laurel right? yeah mm. um so september 1923 hattori lost over this factories and this is you know, a pretty great big event in the history it's the great kanto earthquake that was in September 1st, 1923. It hit Japan. Uh, it was the, the epicenter was very close to uh, Yokohama in Tokyo. He's lost all of his manufacturing facilities and all of the stores. Then Godzilla came out. And then Godzilla water. came out and saved everybody. <laughs> Godzilla! Godzilla! <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think I've... Uh, like one of the recent Godzilla movies, the way they pronounce it is Godzilla. 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 Let but he's fighting... Fight. Uh, he's about, exactly, he's about to fight... Uh, King Kong. Let them right? fight. No, yeah. that's not. It's the first one we're saying. The first, like the new. Gojira. The he's, go, he's going to. They're going he's to. Going to. Yes, he's going to. They're going to fight. They're, they're preparing. I, I've seen. The, I've seen the training. Videos. I, I know we say he, but it could be a she. I know it's like yeah, toxic yeah. masculinity. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, take that it, toxic masculinity it, out of it, this. It. We don't. We don't know how he. What it identifies as. It could be a girl. <laughs> don't lizard. worry. Whatever he's into. You're walking on the thin line there. We'll, we'll cancel you any second if you. Cancel culture. Can't. You're cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say the name. Um, and again, this we're jo- joking, but like, I'm talking like a pretty bad period in history of Seiko. They've lost everything in, uh, in 1923. And this, this, this earthquake is still considered to be one of the greatest natural disasters to ever hit Japan. And they get like destroyed every year by something. Well, not every year. I'm sorry. Like the, the last big thing was the, the 2011 uh, that's another earthquake that destroyed one of their well damaged one of their um, nuclear cent- center yes power plant yeah and they just had another earthquake a couple of weeks ago <laughs> probably not as big though right well even they, this one was not as big as the one in 2011 but yeah. b- different yeah, times I right it was know. close to Yokohama which is a very highly populated area and to Yokohama and Tokyo sorry and between 100,000 and 140,000 people died God damn. that's a lot and considering that the population uh, at that time right it was not the same not, not the same density as mm-hmm. it is today Despite all this, Kintaro started to rebuild the company almost from scratch. And um, um, they were so good at it that by following March, they restarted their business almost completely. Right. The company uh, replaced all of the watches that were held for repair and destroyed in the disaster with brand new watches, free of charge. This was a pretty big move to gain them a lot of trust and respect from the public. Uh, 
by December 1924, a year from a year and a few months from since the earthquake, the Seiko brand is born. The rebuilding of the Seikosha destroyed factories continued throughout the next decade. And, and by 1932, the main building, and I'm sure you've seen, let's say if you go to the Seiko website, you see a building that's on the corner yeah. of a street with a big clock tower yeah, right yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the main building. It's uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's the address is 4511 Ginza. And it, that building was fully restored and it still stands today as the headquarters of the Japanese retailer Wako, which is a retail subsidiary of Seiko. That's, so, that's nuts. Like, uh, all, like 150 years almost now? Yeah. The same place? But that, that, and that's what makes them so appealing that way. Because you're like, oh, I can get something that has all this history and it wasn't, you know, you know, picked up. Anyway, we'll talk about that later, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, 1934, and it's, it's already been 50 years since this, since Seiko started, Kintaro uh, Hotori fell ill and uh, passed away and he passed the baton to uh, his son, Genzo, Genzo Hotori. <laughs> This was my second guess. Brian. Mark, <laughs> Brian Hattori. I was going to say Gids. It was the next one. And what I said, Mark. Yeah. Ronald. Ronald Hattori. Ron. It's Ron. Hey, Ron. Um, it just, just to mention a few significant events, World War II was a pretty, had a pretty significant impact on Seiko. Again, so people don't know World War II was like, a, a, it was like the second World War and there was like a lot of people who participated in it. Participation. It was like, a, it was like the Royal Rumble of wars. Are yeah. you ready? <laughs> I think participation is one way to put it. They, yeah, they participated. <laughs> yeah, there were different teams and yeah, different exactly. prizes. But do you are you, are you gonna talk? I just want to know: Are you gonna talk about like the the second factory deal, like the the split in the fifties? Do you get into that? Well, well, I mean, I'm I'm at nineteen thirty four. I thought you were in the 40... Okay, you're in the second... Okay, sorry. Well, 1934, 1941. Okay, keep... Okay, it's good going. Perfect. Um, the thing what happened again, it was another another uh, production issue with Seiko and during the World War, and that, that was the case also in Germany and in other European countries. Um, because of the need for uh, productions of arm, arm uh, weapons and like military equipment, yeah. a lot of the factories that existed during the time were repurposed to build, to, to, to cater right. to that. So Seiko pretty much was forced by the government to stop their production and produce military equipment. Um, Happened to a lot of watch companies in Germany. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with all big manufacturers. Car companies in yeah, Europe were yeah, all yeah. building yeah. tanks yeah. and like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just just to compare, in 1936, their output about, was about 2 million clocks and watches. But by 1945, they only produced 20,000. Um, yeah, so um, by... It took him a while to recover, and by 1953, they recovered back to their pre-war output, making making 2.4 million watches that year, which at that time represented over 50% of all Japanese watch output, watches output. Jesus. And by the end of 1950s, Seiko started to expand internationally, which was, um, um, you know, first they went to China. That was... China. Uh, China. China. Which was... Uh, Again, significant for them because there's a huge market and uh, getting a lot of, let's say, a lot of demand from China was a very uh, impactful for them to, yeah. to grow their business. Did China ever had a, like a big watch manufacturer? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Seagull is the only thing that it comes to mind. Yeah. And is the rest, it old? Are just, like, is it something that like you know, I, I don't know, Seiko? Uh, but a lot no. of copies, right? No, for sure. But like even in that time, like in the fifties, I don't know. Probably it was just imports, right? They were yeah. getting watches from other countries. Yeah. What did you want to mention about the fifties? That in the second building you're saying? Yeah, but they moved, they moved, they split, right? And then there was like the Daosha building, and they had like King Seiko versus Grand Seiko. Well, yeah, yeah. those are special teams. 
Yeah. yeah. They just came out with a new King Seiko this year, which is really nice. King Seiko is nice. Again, very expensive. It's, I love that watch, but it's very, very Same expensive. Same thing with the Creator. Credor? Credor is, is like space expensive. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole other level. Like you yeah. want a house? The King Seiko, <laughs> no, but King Seiko died as a factory. That's the thing. They just try to revitalize it. King. And you can get vintage examples of it on eBay for under a thousand bucks. And uh, yeah, it, so, you know, they started to expand internationally by the 50s. And in 1960, they've launched Grand Seiko, achieving world's highest uh, standard in accuracy. Some of the some of the reasons why they also some some of the things that basically helped elevate them to international fame were participation in the Olympics. In yep. 1964, Seiko becomes the official timer for the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, since then, Seiko served five more separate Olympic Games. A lot of them were actually at the end of the 20th century. Um, uh, five concerning the one that's coming up, or five the five one? already have that. Okay, have so passed, the sixth yes. one is coming up. I don't know if Japan they're going to be, year, right? I, but yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure who's the sponsor. It may be somebody else, but it's probably it, it's it's a, it's a high chance that it's Seiko. I'm sure, it's Seiko. As a watch, yeah, for sure, for sure. See, see watch Omega as the timekeeper. In yeah, uh, in 1968, they. Yeah, I think so. I think it's Omega. Omega has been also a timekeeper a lot. Yeah, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So is Rolex. <laughs> James Bond. 1968, Seiko takes the top ranking for mechanical watches at the Geneva Observatory competition. That same year, year Seiko launched the first quartz, uh, quartz wall clock for homes. And in 1969, a year later, Seiko launches world's first quartz watch. That was the beginning of the quartz crisis. <laughs> and that <laughs> was, yeah. <laughs> they went parkour. And remember, parkour. The, and, and, and a lot of people wonder, they go, why is the Astron quartz? It's because it's based on that first, it's to And the original the model, yeah. it's called Seiko Astron quartz. That's right, yeah. Model, exactly, it's called 35SQ. That was the beginning of the end of the of end everyone for, well that was the beginning of the end for a lot of companies that produced yeah. mechanical watches the ones that yeah. were able to survive right and uh, by, uh, by 1973 they've launched something else that was interesting it's a, um, a six digit uh, LCD watch which you know is present a lot in the Casios and stuff absolutely. right absolutely um, despite the fact that they were super super popular in the 70s they still started to get some troubles growing even the cards let's say watch did not help them too much because again there's they because they, they fucked up everything <laughs> <laughs> yes they were there there started to be a lot of affordable alternatives let's say yeah coming from china coming from yeah. other uh, companies from japan and so on so they were starting to lose a little bit of a um let's say hand on the what's a grasp on the competition yep. on the market and uh they, they 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 were forced to reinvent in 1974 kentaro hattori who was genzo's oldest son he takes over the company and then he, as you can see i I, men- I mentioned the names because it's the same it's the Hattori's that are that are owning the company and they're running the company. That's amazing. Just like your uh, Bukuru, same family. Yeah. Um, around this time, Seiko began to develop products under the uh, under other brand names. So they started to expand that way. Which and some of those brand name brand names are very well known today. Examples are Pulsar, yeah, Loris, and Alba. Mm-hmm. Uh, so following the success in the seventies, Seiko started to experience difficult times, and uh, their shares nearly by 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 1980s have dropped by about half and they 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 started to do some ingenious ways of trying to kind of regain the market share and then you can see because we already had a podcast about this so they started to go into movies and you can see if you if you recall alien that came out in 1977 all of the the predator commando yeah the arnie they they all were sporting Seiko watches mm-hmm. in there. So they started to get to go that way. They kind of helped to regain 
a little bit of a popularity in the West. Um, so I think of what I've mentioned, the other one was the um, James Bond Octopussy. By 1987, it was the first time that, uh, um, that the, the new president of the company was not a Hattori. Oh, really? 80, yeah. 87? 87 was the first time. Years. <laughs> 87 was the first time that uh, the president was not a Hattori. So that was pretty much kind of summarized it, you know, towards the modern times, which you guys are going to be talking about. And I just wanted to mention that 1999 is a very significant year. It's the year Spring Drive is born. Which I think is a f- wonderful feat in watches. Instead of making silicon this and, uh, yeah. you know, high beat that and GMT this and, you know. <laughs> no, but it's true. I think that is just yeah. really f- so f- wonderful. Funny enough, me, I, my story, I started with the quartz. So we'll, we'll meet and we'll have a Spring Drive special at some point. Yeah, and I need I need a spring drive in my collection. I just uh, you're, like just like sell like twelve of your two hundred and change watches. It's always different. Of- and and Seiko <laughs> continues to let's say achieve and create ingenious designs and mechanisms. And you know, like I haven't mentioned the the more modern uh, GPS watches that they have. Yeah. Um, but I'm not talking about the modern lineup. I think Kevin, it's probably your turn now to go right. and talk about what's happening. I want to talk about building the I think a great Seiko collection. But I think that anyone who's listening to this podcast knows enough to not be pulled into, I think the, the, I guess the, the errored or wrong stereotype of, of um, Seikos are cheap. People, oh, Seikos are just cheap watches. You don't buy, uh, uh, you know, Seikos are not uh, well-made. They're just a cheap watch, cheap, cheap. And to me, I think that that's uh, just for someone who doesn't know anything about watches. But I think if you're listening to this podcast, because you know that it's not, and you probably have, Seiko's in your collection. Uh, you you probably have had a Seiko in your collection, or you probably have a Seiko on your wish list. So you got to think about what you want to put in your collection. So to me, I look at how am I going to build a collection. Uh, there's so many watches that you could try to build. So the Super Seiko collection, I look at the the watches that are currently you know, that Seiko offers and you have these different groups. You have the Seiko 5, you have Prospects, you have Presage, you have Astron and you get into the LX line and then you can get into two other, uh, Grand Seiko, etc., Crador. So I'm, I'm going to keep this relatively reasonable. First thing is, everyone needs a diver in their collection. So to me, what can you do better now that they finally came out with the 62 Maz? The 62 Maz is because it was the first diver that Seiko had come out with in 1962. It's reminiscent of their first diver. To me, I would go with the SBDC 101 or the SPB 143. You're looking at um, the watch comes in at 40 and a half millimeter stainless steel case, a thickness of 11.5, lug to lug 46 and a half, lug width of 20 millimeters, bracelet is steel oyster style, clasp is fully milled. Unlike other Seiko uh, bracelets that sometimes come in a little bit, um, they're not fully milled. Dual curve anti-reflective sapphire crystal. Again, a lot of divers they have don't have sapphire, they're mineral. Solid case back, 180 grams of water resistance, 200 mil- uh, me- uh, sorry, 200 meters. I was going to say millimeters. <laughs> Simple three-hander, time and date, diver's bezel. 200 millimeters, it's almost like a Speedmaster. <laughs> <laughs> 6R35 with 70 hours of power reserve. So that's their more upgraded movement that they had based on their other ones. Honorable mention for this, because I think this is a good candidate as your everyday watch. I think honorable mention, get an SKX007 or 009. They're still out there. You can get them. People say they're overrated, but I think once they're gone, people will wish they had them. I ended up uh, buying a Japanese, uh, the, the SKX007 and the 009. And 
little trick for those out there. The one thing I never liked about it, even if you get a scrap, strap code bracelet for it, they don't sit very well because of the way that the, the case, it's a pretty large case of 43. Buy straight edge um, bracelets. Don't buy the ones that fit. Buy straight edge and it will sit much better on your wrist. That's my uh, suggestion to you, the SKX007 or 009 if you can pick it up. But the 62 Maz is pretty much your perfect diver. You can hear and watch many articles or, or or videos that will talk about how that could be your only collection watching your collection and it would do everything the next i get into the adventurer everyone's here wants to adventure we want to travel we want something based on the 1959 seiko alpinist the spb 241 j1 the spb 243 j1 the spb 245 j1 on leather you're looking at a watch that comes in a 38 millimeter stainless steel case 12.9 millimeter stick a little bit thick but it does sit well Lug to lug of 47 and a half, lug width of 20 millimeters. Bracelet is the steel oyster style. Clasp is fully milled. Sapphire crystal, again, a big, um, you know, step up from that mineral crystal. Three variations of the dial. Sapphire exposed case back. And I can't say that enough. 200 meters of water resistance with a sapphire exposed case back. Simple time and date, 6R35, 70 hours of power reserve. $750 on the leather and 770 euros on the steel. You also need a dress watch in your collection. The SPB 4.3. I'm going cocktail time. This watch comes in at 40 and a half millimeter stainless steel. Thickness of 12 millimeters. Lug to lug 47 and a half. Lug width of 20. Blue shiny tuxedo-like style strap. Very shiny. Some dislike the feel, but I like the look. No sapphire in this one. Beautiful blue light sunburst dial. Screw case back. 50 meters of water resistance. So it's good for your everyday. Simple time and date. The 4R35 movement that you can find in your um, in your turtles. 400 Canadian dollars. Honorable mention, the Zarb 033. For a person yes. traveling, there has not been a timepiece in this line from Seiko before. They just came out with it and it's a homer. You got the SPB217 in dark blue. Rather, the Ietsu Indigo Iron. The SPB219 in forest green. SPB221 in black, which is the one I like. The SPB223 in light blue. You're looking at the SPB225 in tree bark brown, which also is very nice. It's is it birch though or no? Uh, is it birch? Nope. I'm not talking about... No, this is the sharp edge GMT. Okay. <laughs> is it birch? Sure, break you. <laughs> <laughs> Watch comes in at 42.2 millimeter stainless steel case. Thickness of 13.7. Lug to lug, 49.2. So just to put things in perspective, because I read that, the lug to lug is 49.2. It's a lot. The, yeah, but when we're talking about the IWC Pilots watch that's 39 millimeters with a 51 millimeter lug to but lug. But is it fair to compare like, the largest watch you can find? What? No, Let's but, talk about no, no, but the IWC, big daddy. the pilot. No, but the IWC. Not the big pilot, the pilot. The pilot is a 40 millimeter watch, but it has a 50, like one millimeter oh, yeah. lug to lug. And this one's 42 and a half, 42.2. 20 millimeter lug width, bracelet oyster steel, clasp is fully milled. Interior error coated sapphire crystal, exposed case back, 100 meters water resistance, GMT function with time, power reserve, 6R63 automatic movement, 28.8 beats, 29 joules at 1400 USD. You can also, somewhere in between this and what I'm going to talk about in a second in the pilot's watch, you have the SNK 803, 805, 807, 809. These are cheap watches. Caliber 7S26, same movement as the SKX. 37 millimeters in diameter. Has that like pilot style, 30 meters of water resistance, 100 bucks. They're still making that movement? Uh, well, you can still snag up this watch, yeah. <laughs> There's still a lot of there. Pilot's watch, I'm going with what you had, Carl, that I ended up having before. I will the go with the SNA current. 411. I think that that flighty is perfect. Comes in at 42 millimeter stainless steel, thickness of 
42 millimeters, lug to lug, 44. <laughs> so it's short lug Friday to lug. Friday has no lugs. No lugs. Bracelets, a steel oyster style, cheap bracelet. Suggest swapping it out. Dome, hard lex crystal, no, no sapphire, closed screw down case back, 200 meters of water resistance, and you got those screw down pushers. GMT function or alarm. I, it's an alarm, but you can use a GMT. Chronograph, slide rule bezel, time and date. ST62 Sacro Quartz Movement, 199 USD. But they're discontinued. They're going up. A brilliant adaptation. I think it's a brilliant adaptation of the Breitling Navi Timer. If someone who doesn't want to go buy a Navi Timer, this is your next best bet, I would say. You got to have something vintage in your timepieces. We've talked about it in the past. You guys can go check it out. Seiko Speed Timer. Definitely a Seiko Pogue. If you can get that, it is among the most iconic ones you can find. Those are vintage, right? <clears throat> Vintage. You're looking at 1969, 60, uh, 70, 71, and they've and made uh, two, right? Uh, the Pogues. There's a blue. No, and the Pogue yellow. is well. The Pogue is, is the one yellow. Is right? the yellow. Right. But then you have the blue. You have a black. They have uh, multiple ones there. Um, they're all great. They're all great. The wild card, the SARX 055, the baby Grand Seiko is the one I'm going with. Oh, that's beautiful. 40.8 millimeters, titanium, 11 millimeters thick, lug to lug, 46.2, lug width, 20 millimeters, titanium bracelet, reminiscent of the Sharp Edge series seen in the Grand Seiko style. Sapphire crystal, which Seiko means quality. Sapphire case back, 100 meters of water resistant, time and date, 6R15. So it's a cheaper, outdated movement by these standards. But you're looking at for a gorgeous watch and you don't want to get to those Grand Seikos, 990 US dollars. Lastly, you need a luxury watch in your Seiko collection. Before getting to Grand Seiko, I would still, within Seiko, not Grand Seiko, there's the luxury line, the Seiko LX. They carry spring drive movements, which are found in their Grand Seiko line. The Prospex LX Marine Master, reference SBD, SBDB027 or the SNR029. That's of the Japanese market. 44.8 millimeters titanium, so it's light even though it's large. F thickness of 15.7, lug to lug of 50.9. Lug with 22 millimeters, braceless titanium, marine master, guys. Dual curve crest, sapphire crystal, anti-reflective coated, closed screw down case back, 300 meters of water resistance, ratcheting clasp on that uh, bracelet. Simple time and date divers, spring drive, power reserve, powered by a 5R65 spring drive, masterpiece in technology. Without Grand Seiko, this piece runs you 5,500 US dollars. God damn. Now getting into Grand Seiko, I'm going to give you one watch because if you're at that price and we were just talking about Seiko, but I'll say, let's go with Grand Seiko for a minute. I would go with, before getting into the high beat or the spring drive, I would go into a mechanical movement or automatic movement. Um, I suggest a basic three-hander, no date, simplicity to give you that delicious Grand Seiko Zeratsu polish finish and those really refined hands and dial. The SBW, SBGW231. The watch comes in 37.3 millimeter stainless steel case, a thickness of 11.6. So you're looking at dress watch size, lug to lug, 44.3. Only ick, 19 millimeter lug width. <laughs> Crocodile leather strap with buckle, anti-reflective sapphire coating crystal, exposed case back. With a solid, or there's some of those exposed case back. The other one has this emblem with a solid lion there that's in like gold. 30 meters of water resistant, so it's splash resistance. Simple time only watch. Powered by a 9S64, three days of power reserve. This watch comes in $5,400 Canadian new. While the other LX, I was talking about a, a killer Marine Master at $5,500. US yeah. The point is here, I've pulled out some... Please send us your, your suggestions, things that you agree or disagree with. 
At the end of the day here, there is something for everyone. And I could have gone into other watch styles. They have something for everyone. And maybe they never take the cake in terms of the Blancpain or Rolexes with the divers or the GMTs or the pilot watches or the, you know, but they do have a lot of cachet. And talking about the history at 100 some plus years with the same family owner, yep. it has a lot to bring. And um, you can reach out to us on her email or Instagram. So Kevin could said, send you his notes because there's a lot of numbers in that. A there's lot, a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. You can listen to it. I want to give you guys specs. But to me, this is, I would round this out. And now with this collection, you have a watch for every single occasion. What was the one watch of that list that uh, you would go with? If I could go with right now, it would be the Grand Seiko. I, I just, I want... You're there, the, you're, you're there in your collection as well. So I am there in my collection. I have Seikos. Yeah. Well, he I've, also has every other Seiko. <laughs> I have a box. <laughs> I have, own Seiko. Why I would have, you buy a second exactly the same one? I have one a box has. and it's just like my, my six Seikos I would never... No, it's more than that. How many boxes of Seikos do you have? <laughs> Two. It, probably it, it, 12, <laughs> I would say. You go by, by the palette. Yeah, but I have, but I have like twelve Seikos, <laughs> and and you know, like even the Seiko that uh, I'm wearing now, the sixty three oh nine, I love that watch. I have seventy five pounds of Seikos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's, it's a bullion. It's like a bullion. Yeah. So I actually, came in under time this time. I didn't go God over. Damn! Look at you. But to me, it, it brings me to Grand Seiko, and I, and and you're going to talk about them in a little bit. And I think yeah, why they're great. So you were asking the question. You were saying, hey, why is it that that Seiko like? How many watches do they produce? So I think Grand Seiko, just the one thing to keep in mind here, which I love about them is that what Grand Seiko does is that they really build no-nonsense watches for the fans of Grand Seiko. They don't build watches for people in other geographical locations for other things. They really build it based on Japanese culture, Japanese cities, Japanese landmarks, yeah. and they're unforgiving about it. Yeah. And they make 40,000 units a year. That's all they sell. Rolex sells over a million So they're just like, look, we this is what we sell. And I, if you like it and you want to be a part of this, this is what we get. And this is the design language. And it's very unforgiving. And I think Grand Seiko, if they're okay with that, I think they're great. I think they're doing everything wrong if they want to become Omega or Grand Seiko or Breitling at 300,000 units a year. If they're okay with the 45,000 units a year. But you are also comparing them to the biggest players in the game but right? they are but they're getting there they're ninth right now well, in the luxury because i i've and sorry I, i've in also quality at least quality yes for sure but I'm, what i meant in production if you if you compare yeah. rolex rolex omega tag they Killers. are the biggest guys they make yeah, for sure like a million watches a year 500 yeah it's a million half a million is brightly makes ha sells half a million examples like a iwc year. makes like fifty thousand per right. year so it's yeah. not yeah. It's, compare, it's and if they're okay with that yes that's my point and in grand yeah. seiko sometimes they go well gosh but, that watch is like that or those that really pops a certain way some people mm -hmm. may not like it but they don't do it for they do it For those, I, I I think that it's 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 the other variables. It's not just I don't consider quantity a big variable besides when limited editions. Quantity is a big variable that's related to uh, demand, right? If there's more demand, they will yeah. start wrapping up production. I, I, I just don't want to do math. I don't know. <laughs> demand, but like these big words. I know, like it, I have to bring that back to cars because that's what I do, right? Uh, always, you always, 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 always bring always back to cars. Always, because I want to. Which Porsche is it this time? I'm going to talk about Porsche. Uh, <laughs> so last year in the US... Porsche uh, de Rossi, the actress. Toyota sold 125,000 um, FRS, BRZ, or GT86. Stop saying letters to me. Uh, and <laughs> that's just one insulting. car from Toyota, right? And Porsche in the US last year, uh, in any car they have, not the trucks, only the cars, they sold 125,000 units, right? So like Toyota is like tenfold bigger than like Porsche and all the 
All, all numbers. But in cost. But they're also more expensive. No, I didn't bring you one. But they're also uh, more expensive, right? Yeah, no, for sure. But like, I don't, like, for that, for the quality, that, for me, the quantity doesn't mean, is no link of if I want it or not, or quality. Like you said, Rolex it, is a million is, units, and maybe not you. 45. But maybe not you, but as the world, you would say, yeah, everyone does. Rolex makes a watch that everyone in the world wants. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, they, but they do. It's just, just like, the nope. thing, he's wearing, as he wears his Rolex. <laughs> the, um, Welcome to the club, by the way, <laughs> Adima. So the, the thing is, is that when it comes to to um, to Rolex, though, they make designs, I find, that are just universally loved. Yeah. While Japan goes, we made this based on this force, and someone who's in another country goes, what the hell do I care about this? We made this based on the wave. But it's true. But it's true, yeah. There's this wave <laughs> and this beautiful cloud, and you're like, it's wonderful, but you have to love it. Yeah. Well, you buy a Grand Seiko for you, not for the other ones. You do it to impress yourself, not yeah. others, you know? And, you- and, and I'm there in my watch collection as well. I'm yeah. like, I love this fucking watch. People go, really? You love that watch? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like I really want an IWC Big Pilot, because but it's a lot you. of money at that price. Yeah, because, because fuck you. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to get myself a Laco like Westerlund to give me yeah. that itch to scratch that itch for the grand yeah, for the Pilot, and I'm going to buy myself that that Kermit, yeah, yeah <laughs> that because, Starbucks. Like, so for people at home, like uh, Kevin was like, so guys, uh, like, do I buy a Big Pilot like a new sub? Yeah, like the Big Pilot, you can buy it anytime. It's true. Like the sub, if you can get it, do it. Yeah. How can I get a GMT or a sub? Like uh, I just, I just want one of those. You gotta <laughs> some. D- uh, yeah, you bought a bunch of watches from that. <laughs> not again. I've been doing this for years. <laughs> it's not working. The waiting list. The waiting list is many, many years. <laughs> it clearly is not working. It's not working. <laughs> I must be doing something wrong. Uh, uh, man. But does uh, it matter which one? <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that that's the um, that's where we're at. So um, yeah, to me, I'm, I'm looking at the Starbucks. But ultimately, I think. Grand Seiko is for you get it to impress yourself. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Well, this is the like the the enthusiast watch. I think. Ah, Grand yeah. Seiko. Yeah. Grand Seiko is a watch brand that you buy into once you uh, you probably have completed a lot of let's say satisfied a lot of needs. Let's yeah. say on your absolutely on your uh, uh, on your ladder of you yeah. know becoming a watch enthusiast. Yeah, that's for sure. Talking about Grand Seiko. So as we move up, Grand Seiko. Um, I started to write the story of Grand Seiko, but I figured that you would. Probably already talk written. about a bit, a little bit too. So I, I changed it to like why Grand Seiko is so good, or so great. <laughs> so you didn't do the assignment at all, no, at like all. ever. <laughs> Fuck this. So I want to talk to you guys about the Porsche. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> here's how you change oil in uh, in a 1987 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> how to make the perfect omelet? You don't use milk. This is a myth. <laughs> 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 like guys, no coriander necessary. No cor- <laughs> <laughs> in the perfect omelet. I don't want to use this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So all the information I got was from the uh, Grand Seiko website. They have a huge history section. So I didn't even... Uh, like oh, yeah, so you so you ventured everywhere, right? To exactly. Get to I drank the Kool-Aid all the way. And it was a port hub. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. 10 clicks away from Hot Hitler <laughs> and then yeah. a Hitler yeah. parody porn hub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's a click 11. <laughs> oh. Hitler parody. Oh, I didn't know how you do this. Well, I'm going to stop putting these links on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> well, this video already buffered, so I, I guess I have to watch I it. I guess I have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when I was reading into it, uh, Grand Seiko has two big things. Uh, they have a mentality, a motto, like a, a way of thinking. A motto. M- motto. And um, when they do designs, they have a set of rules for the designers. So the designers are really restricted between uh, a set of rules for any Grand Seiko. There's Those are called specifications. No, they're, they're rules. They're not really specifications. They're things I have to follow, not necessarily spec-wise. 
with more. I had no idea. Okay, to, to do tell. So, um, so the designers themselves, the 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 leadership tells them you have to stick to these. It's like a mantra almost. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the Grand Seiko motto or mantra is simplicity, durability, and accuracy. They all have to have that, right? Any Grand Seiko they build. That's like every Toyota. A lot of watches. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, but that's the first first thing. Right. And um, the two words, eh? simplicity, durability, and accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was in 1960 when they founded Grand Seiko. Um, their first movement, well, you said that a little bit earlier when they but, founded... But why would you point at me? I'm, I'm, older, you, I'm younger than that. But, I wasn't around. <laughs> God damn it. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's immortal. He's, he's Russian. Immortal. It's like living on Sleep Sleep upside down. <laughs> <laughs> like a bat. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the first movement they did uh, in 1960 was plus five minus three seconds a day. That was the first thing they did. As Grand That's Seiko. incredible, actually. Yeah. Right? And within the first two years, they had plus four seconds minus two seconds a day. <laughs> that was the first two things they did within Grand Seiko was movements. Um, so the first, first, big thing that they did was to launch the caliber 30 3180 um uh, to the public and that was a plus 12 uh, uh, and minus three seconds a day technically that was the worst movement that green Zico ever did how much was the the the, the Pl- plus 12 minus three a day and that's the worst thing that ever sold wow <laughs> <laughs> um and back in the 60s the power reserve of 40 uh 45 hours um and it was also first watch, first movement, the first watch to um, meet the standard of excellency for uh, Bureau Officiel de Contrôle de la Montre Suisse. Mm. Yeah, they were able to make their way to the Swiss certification. They're the first watch they did. <laughs> like yeah. the first one. It was like, here you go. Like, here's Which all year this. was this? 1960, the first, um, the first watch they produced. So they produced three movements and one of the movements was sold in a watch. That watch and that movement went uh, and won that um, certification. And but then at one point, don't they reali- didn't they realize they're like, it was just too expensive to be sending it over there to get certified and like, we're good enough? Uh, well, the thing is, after that, they went in like a, a lap of Japan of um, concourse. And what was differentiating the movements that Grand Seiko produced at that time from the Seiko movements? It, it's a, so if the Grand Seiko was imprecise, right? Uh, yeah, so the Grand Seiko was like a team of engineers from Seiko, pretty much. Okay. They, they like had their own office and they were their own things. Was it meant to be like a higher uh, tier brand? Yeah, well, more expensive, were, more Grand precise. Seiko and King Seiko at the same time, right? And there, there were two, two factories. Exactly. So there were two the, teams, pretty the much. Deosha and the, yeah. And was I'm assuming King Seiko was supposed to be similar to Grand Seiko? Yes. Just that they didn't yes. survive. Right? So, so it, there were teams like like the All Stars trying to like prove like. Fight against each other to have the bet. Harlem Globe uh, Globetrotters. Kind, kind of. They actually never play. Every game is like fixed, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like he's rude. spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. <laughs> like, like <laughs> fucking take it. Wrestling is also fake. What? what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to drop this ball on you guys. It, it's something I found out wow. recently. Yeah. It's yeah. So crazy. movies are actually movies. That yeah. Are real. So Grand Psycho within two movement and a watch, uh, they had. Their three movement were in the top one percent of accuracy in the world of any brand, and they, they were certified by a bureau officiel de Damont Suisse. Um, so that's more of the like simplicity, durability, uh, accuracy. Those are the first three things they did, and within those three movement and that first watch, uh, they when they're working, they put down rules of like what they're doing, and what would building a Grand Seiko was. And um, after those three watches, they had nine rules, and today to this day. Any Grand Seiko that's designed has to follow those three rules. Oh. It has to be a watch. It has to have a dial. 
Seconds hand. So, time. so uh, rule one is uh, double width for the Never index. talk about the watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's rule one. That's a good one. No one knows about the watch. Uh, so first rule is a double width index at 12. So it's either two bars that we see often, yeah. a triangle, or if it's a single bar, it needs to be double the width of any other rectangle on that watch. That's the first thing they do. <clears throat> The second rule is all the indication need to be multi multi surface. So uh, that's why all Grand Seikos you see a lot of Applied. like edging, right, right, on the indication, and that's part of their rule. Uh, rule three is the bezel always has have to be highly polished. The way of doing it, and like you can see today that they still have like matte finish and stuff like that, right? Um, you'll um, they'll, they'll still work around that rule, but still respect that in their manufacturing process. Right, <clears throat> but you'll never have, for example. The matte, the brush finish that you like your your Pelagos has. No, there's no, no fucking. No, no. We'll ever see that in Grand Seiko. No, no, no. is this like a hard rule that they still follow today, or yep. more of yeah. a like if a you guideline? Their, if you go on their website, they even have like a polished type. If you go on their website, they still show you that from blueprints of the ruling. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> but it's all in Japanese, so he doesn't understand anything. <laughs> they're just not, they're, they're just showing this like this is crown, and he's like highly polished. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in English, but okay, cool. <laughs> so the fourth rule is um, the uh, side of the case always needs to be two dimensional. So there's like always a step on the side of the case. Rule the fifth rule is the crown always needs to be recessed into the case. They don't necessarily have a guard, but it can be a guard or it's recessed into the case. Can they have a cover? Probably too. <laughs> but it, it, there's no, technically no open uh, crown, like uh, there's, without any protection. Um, always fat dials. They don't do multi-level dials. There's textures, there's different colors, there's different finishes, but you'll never find a Grand Seiko with multi-level dials. And how did those restrictions, I mean, I, I would kind of call them restrictions come to be. Why well, would they decide not to go with, because it limits the, the creativity. Exactly, but it's when they, they did the first... Their language, I guess. Yeah, it's when they did the first watches, they were free to do them as they, as they wish, but they figured that those things were something they were all doing within the team. Right. And they just put them down. as like, that's our uh, design language. Pretty much, right? That's why all Grand Seikos, you know it's a Grand Seiko when you look at it. Because it says Grand Seiko on the dial, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, the hours and minutes ends always need to be multi-faced. That's why they finish behind them and on the sides. And if they're multi-surface, they all have a finish even behind them. That's a rule they have to follow. And their finish is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nuts, right? Um, the sideline of the case, so the curve, if you want, like the, the section, like the shape of the case, yep. it's uh, a specification. It's a mathematical, mathematical like um, equation, rule of proportion, pretty much. Okay. So, so like the case, when you look at it, even if there's no L in it, you say it's a Grand Seiko case. Okay. Depending on the side of the case, the, the log width and everything, they have to follow a rule of proportion for that wave, for that curve. Okay. <clears throat> and the last thing is the uh, bezel and the case sides always need to be in a reverse slanted shapes. Right didn't know that those things are a thing, but like if you look at the pictures at the bottom here, the side of the case, it's like a reverse curve, pretty much. There's a reverse, yeah, there's yeah. the chamfered edges, yeah. Pretty much. So those are the nine rules that any Grand Seiko has to go through. If they don't respect any of those nice rules, they won't be uh, built. And that's probably why they realize that they're all, uh, that they're Grand Seiko. Like that's yes. how they keep their design yes. language and yeah. So all those things, they're, <laughs> they're all implemented between uh, 1967. So within seven years, all those things were on the ground is like we don't do anything beside that and then it didn't change since then 
it's nuts, right? Um, so, and the, the first watch to be launched with all those things really um, put down was the 44GS. It was the third official watch that was sold to the public. And now they've come out with a new watch uh, that commemorates that uh, GS, which the only thing I don't like about it is that the hour hand is cut. It's, what about it's the price? short? It's high. It's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> but the four, it was the 44GS, right? Yeah. So, year is 1967. They have all those rules and... Um, the Grand Seiko team wanted to <laughs> a new challenge. Uh, for within the first seven years of the company, they won every quarter meter competition in Japan and Asia. All of them, they won first place. Did they have a lot of competition? Probably, probably Citizen is the only one I would think of. Casio's all quartz. And then there's like Minaze and was Ca- Casio wasn't even they're, really they're all quartz. Like quartz. they wasn't sorry, they were not even part of the same competition because they never make any. Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. You can't be sent to a chronometer. Sorry. Maybe Citizen and Citizen has some some the, like the chronomasters like the most accurate. Are there any other Japanese brands? Minazi is one of them that makes really nice from watch. the 60s. I don't know. If, uh, no, they have well, nothing about the 60s. Which no. <laughs> Let's not get religious here. Yeah. The um, I feel offended. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the 55 GS. I'm sorry. Um, so, after winning everything, they decided to look uh, at the world. So, see, what's the next big step in the concourse? Uh, world, world, world domination. Pretty much, right? Um, so, when they said that in 1967, they found you know the Swiss competitions. Within four years, they uh, they won the uh, Neuchâtel and the Geneva Concours for uh, the elegance of their watches. And after that, they secured the overall prize as the best mechanical watches in the Geneva Observatory competition. That was in 1968. Right, yeah. They won the the, the top ranking mechanical watches. Yeah. In so within four thing. years after winning everything in Asia, they won everything in the world, pretty much all the big. And then they're like, you know what? Let's go to Quartz and just ruin everything for everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much, they're like, we're the best, and now we're gonna fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. And then let's just let's just bankrupt like let's more. Down. Let's just bankrupt most Swiss yeah. companies and. So the the, the, the three watches that they use um, to win those competition outside of Japan were the 62 GS. There's the first automatic from uh, Grand Seiko. The 10 beat 61. GS and the 10 beat 45 GS. 45 GS does the new the watch at the relaunch, right? Right, the 45 GS, yeah. yes. Um so those watches add a variation of minus or plus or minus two seconds a day or a minute a month, if you want to see it that way. That is uh, this is pretty much what a like a COSC certification does today. Yes. Yeah. Um so they when they won all those things, they decided to rename those movement to Grand Seiko very fine adjusted. So now oh. you found those those movement and watches named uh, as 61 GS VFA and 45 GS VFA for very fine adjusted. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, we want everything, we're very fine. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. You see, my thing is bad. Forget yeah. It. So all Sorry, those... I just found it here. This is the the SLGH007. That's that that's reminiscence of the watch that came out. Yep. What the only thing I don't like about, like I said, look at the second the hour hand, it's cut at the tip. Yeah. So like it's like it, they they just went like this circumcised circumcised, not that there's anything wrong with that guys. It's cleaner. It's good for you. You know, to, take your vegetables. All right. Good wow. Yeah. So all those things I just said was within the first eight years of Grand Seiko being founded. They they really gunned it. They uh, had a lot of things done within even a decade. Well, they didn't start from scratch, right? They were just subsidiary. No, they, had, they had Seiko, Seiko. behind. It was a, the team. Yeah, they already right? been around for like eighty yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like that team of Grand Seiko that launched with a mission of doing all those right. perfect things within eight years, they proved the world that we're able to, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so very crafty. <laughs> with all of that in mind, we now jump to uh, 1988, uh, the first Grand Seiko in, with their quartz, the first introduced quartz from Grand Seiko. 
Um, they still kept the uh, simplicity, durability, and accuracy mentality to push the Grand Seiko uh, quartz to have a plus 10 seconds a year of variation. Um, and I was looking into why the uh, like the Grand Seiko quartz are so accurate, right? Okay, it's cool to just say, like, we're really good at it, and there's probably a reason behind it. So um, the secret for that accuracy is uh, they build everything in-house, and when, and when they say everything in-house... They even have their own quartz crystal, crystal yeah, they grown grow on site. Yeah, they grow their own quartz crystals. Yeah, yeah, they grow their own quartz crystal and they have their own um, R and D. For someone who likes watches but has no idea what, how do you grow a crystal? Like, what does that, what does that entail? That I don't know. I'm guessing it's in a cave. It's dark. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a type of rock, right? You asking me? Yeah, I asked you. I don't know. I told you I don't know first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a touchy subject. You're getting angry. Okay, let's just let's just let's just go back to talking about Grand Seiko. Yeah, yeah. But I don't <laughs> think it's is, it, is, is, is because his uh, his father cheated on his mother with a quartz crystal, so he like really <laughs> hates that. Gets super offended. This is the taboo <laughs> subject. Yo, fuck them! Fuck them! <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing is, it's that manufacturer has grown. That's a big uh, ruined my secret. family. It's a big <laughs> secret. Quartz crystals. I hate them so much. Oh. So they, uh, with growing their own quartz, uh, they can choose the um, the one that exhibit the superior performance for uh, temperature resistance, humidity resistance, and shock resistance. So with that, they're able to uh, produce the the highest uh, ac- accurate uh, quartz movement they can uh, do, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in, in 1988, it took them still uh, five years of R and D uh, to create the caliber 9F83. Uh, so now it's 1983, uh, one of the best year ever. Why is it? I was born that year. 83? 93, I said. Oh. <laughs> that's why I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it doesn't, nothing, not, nothing made any sense. I thought maybe that's the year Porsche was made, but I guess not. So the uh, movement 9F83 um, was incorporated for key innovation. Uh, so backlash, um, auto, uh, backslash, auto adjust mechanism, uh, twin pulse control system, instant date, date change mechanism, and uh, protective shield construction as well. So it was one of the first fully protected uh, quartz movement. And protected right. in what sense? Like magnetic? Uh, from the website, they talk about magnetism and shock. So I'm guessing it's the same protection for both. Uh, but that, uh, that precise on that website. So that was... An, uh, attack, an attack's haven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, so those are the information I founded for uh, why Grand Seiko is so great. Uh, they really push for being the best. They're a team part of the Seiko brand but they're just there to prove they could do better than anyone else pretty and much. today do they function completely as an individual entity like a separate entity it's a different factory i think as a whole okay different building but different building so just doing research here just to see real quick it's not that they grow their own crystals that they acquire them and then they put them through an aging process before they use them so that <laughs> benjamin button in those things yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because of how it and they and the and the reason was they they have a they have a rigorous process on how they actually review the quartz because they're supposed to transfer mm-hmm. the the electricity right yep. and to uh, and, and to make sure to keep maintain its accuracy so they have rigorous standards on how they do that so yeah, that's that's they handle that as well instead of just buying a movement somewhere else and shoving it in their watch, right? Yeah. If you were to uh, buy a Grand Seiko today, which watch would you uh, buy for yourself? Not a quartz. I'm still crushing on the SBG GJ239. Yeah, it's a big GMT. <laughs> yeah. It's in their support lineup. I like um, that GMT, but in blue. But the it's a 40 millimeter one, not the 44. Right? There's that smaller one. Yeah. We saw it. We went. We saw it with Zach, and it was like that. A, that was a 44. That was a big one. 
No, we, no, no. He showed us the forty millimeter one so, by the window. Remember when we when? So the one that he showed us, I went like next to the window, was like almost purple under under the sunlight. No, right? no, no. The green one I'm talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. The purple one was forty four. Yes, yeah, but that is the two thirty seven. I wanted two thirty nine. That's the same one, but green. Right, 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 yeah. right. Exactly. He showed us the, the the forty millimeter one that was blue. Yeah, that GMT is incredible too. Yeah. So when I went and pick up my Rolex, I you know. Let them know that my next one's gonna be Grand Seiko. So right. it's like, so to call me, me. <laughs> one thing about Grand Seiko. Just while we're talking about the buying, the one thing that I, um, I'll make this real quick. To me, about Grand Seiko, what I think I, I like about them is the refinement. So I'm not the biggest. Uh, I'm, well, I'm not too attracted to their sports lines. I'm more into like their dress watches that have like beautiful dials, really nice finishing, and really exemplify finish. Yeah, but their their sport line, but less is. like oh, this one's four hundred meters. What is like yeah. I'm not. Nah, yeah. They're very. I the I love Grand Seikos for the quality of their finish. Yeah, but I would say there's one thing that I'm. Uh, let's say that I'm not the biggest fan of. I still love them so much. Is that they have those very strict rules that they follow in terms of design. It's it's if you follow everything is a very. It's a very like precise lines, right? Mm-hmm. Straight lines, a lot of straight lines everywhere. No, nope. yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, Japanese. very strict. Yeah. They don't do innovation on design. They do innovation in movement. They don't yeah. have beautiful finishes like like Vacheron, for example, right? You don't you don't see the Corn de Vache style finishes. It's very very. But at the price point, they their finish is incredible. Right. If you were to guess, which watch do you think I want from a Grand Seiko lineup? Grand Seiko? Yeah. Can you? Snowflake. Can you guess? Uh, so I guess I'm come wrong. Back to me. I would think it's the um uh, yeah maybe it's snowflake but I think it's too big I think you wouldn't you wouldn't like this much snowflake is not big it's forty one yeah yeah okay so snowflake it is it's pink snowflake the pink snowflake it's the SBG is BG for four thirteen we saw it at you know what you know what do it. My ne- no, I need I, in your guys, Rolex. I, guys, guys, I gotta. <laughs> I have to join the Rolex club. <laughs> I gotta get a Rolex. Uh, I gotta get myself one, a Rolex. I love the blue one. I even like the white. Uh, I love those snowflakes. I, I gotta get myself a GMT yeah. Pepsi or an no date sub. There you so, go. Uh, time so to wind it down. So wind it down. So, guys, if you like this episode, please look us up. Big Black Clock official. Big Black Clock official Instagram. Send us your suggestions. Send us anything that we may have missed here in terms of all about Seiko. At our Gmail account, it's bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. We also can, if you found on YouTube, our podcasts are there. From our Gmail account, you can send Carl. No, don't send him anything anymore. Don't, he just got himself a yeah, Rolex. He has he's everything good. He's, <laughs> don't send him anything. <laughs> send send Dimitri. He's, uh, he's in need of a GMT Master 2. Forget sending him money. Send him a GMT Master 2. <laughs> a, a Pepsi. <laughs> just I want send a Pepsi. him a GMT Master 2. A Daytona? Hell. Even send him a date just you on Jubilee with a fluted bezel. Fine. I will even accept a day date. A it's day date? Fine. A gold <laughs> one, yeah. On the, on the presidential bracelet. It's on fine. On the presidential Oh, yeah, that's a it's, nice one, eh? It, yeah. I, I will, fine, I will accept it. It's, <laughs> it's okay. You know, like, it's, it's okay. And for myself, you know, send me any of your suggestions. Always out there for the hunt. So, you know, for all of you guys out there, it's no, it's a tough time. So be good to each other. And for you guys that continue your shopping, happy hunting. Ciao. Bye.